You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the DNB Supply Radio Show. Hey, this is your host, Matt Breckwald, and I am thrilled to be here with you today. Well, tell you what we just saw the first two human cases of west nile virus in idaho they were diagnosed in the middle of august and then i started looking into it and back in the middle of july the first two human cases up in northeast oregon and umatilla oregon were diagnosed and you know we start seeing west nile virus in the news and it reminds us about our horses and the the seriousness of this disease for horses. Uh, you know, with up to 30% of horses who actually contract this ended up dying. And so it's something that when we saw this, it kind of reminded us that maybe we should have a talk with a veterinarian about this on the show for all of you, just to give you some reminders and some information that can help you to make sure that your horses don't undergo the same fate. And I think we did that today. I, I get to speak with Dr. Zach Raptosh, who is the owner of Lakeshore Animal Hospital in Nampa, Idaho. We get to talk all about the diagnosis, the symptoms to look for, and what you can do to protect your horses from West Nile, and even some ideas on still vaccinating them, even though we're late in the year. And we are getting to the time where the mosquito threat is going to taper off. So we've got a real nice interview with Dr. Raptosh to give you as much information as we can about West Nile virus and how it can impact your horses and what you can do to prevent it and what needs to be done if you see symptoms and get it diagnosed and, and everything that goes along with that. We're going to have that coming up to you here in just a moment. Dr. Raptosh, thank you so much for coming on the show today and joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, you bet. You know, this is a timely topic. Is uh, I saw the first two human cases of West Nile virus just came out in Idaho just in the middle of August, and I know in Oregon uh, in mid-July. So for our listening audience, I know this is a big deal for the people who love and care for horses, and I, I wanted to talk about it. So I really do appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, great. It's a good topic. Well, let's do this. Let's have you introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us about your practice a little bit and where you're at, and then we'll jump into talking about West Nile. Yeah, you bet. Yep. My name is Zach Raptosh. Uh, I own uh, Lakeshore Animal Hospital in South Nampa. We have a mixed animal practice. Uh, we treat dogs and cats, um, horses, cows, oh, some goats and sheep, uh, and a few pigs. We've been here since clinic opened in 2015. Um, I actually grew up south of town here. I'm actually just a couple miles from where I was born and raised. Well, very good. Yeah, I've actually, uh, you're you're the veterinarian that we use and uh, for our cattle and our goats if we need be. But uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed coming into your practice. That's good to hear. All right. Well, let's talk about West Nile in horses. And I know we've got a lot to get to, so I kind of want to jump just right into it. But with there being some, some human diagnosed cases, both in Idaho and Oregon, where our listening audience is... My assumption is that it's probably coming in horses pretty soon. Yeah, so I think in 2018 there was about 500 cases of West Nile diagnosed in horses. It's a mosquito deal, uh, and so really, you know, you're going to see West Nile during the times of year when, when we have the mosquitoes. And so certainly with the mosquitoes, you know, at this point, at this time of the year, I'm getting pretty close to the weather changing and, and the bug deal slowing down. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely 
definitely something uh, to be thinking about. Well, I know we're on the tail end of the mosquito season, but we're not quite done with it. But, you know, one of the concerns would be if West Nile is out there now, that there may be a horse out there that's recently been infected and all of a sudden we're going to need to be looking for symptoms and knowing what to do if they show up. Yeah, so, you know, the the incubation period is typically one to two weeks. And in, in terms of symptoms, you know, certainly anything neurological, the horses can spike a fever early on. They can be ataxic or have weakness to their limbs. Uh, muscle twitching, or even have, um, you know, they can even be recumbent, you know, and not able to get up. And so once somebody notices some of these symptoms going on, just at the very earliest stages, how long was that incubation period? Like how how long and uh, earlier could the, the horse have been bit by an infected mosquito? Yeah, so it's a, it's a one to two week, usually a one to two week incubation period. So the idea there would be, the horse gets bit by the mosquito that's infected and then you would begin to see signs, mm-hmm. you know, depending upon the horse's immune status within one to two weeks. Okay. So we're, we're releasing this episode right at the end of August, which means that a horse, uh, you know, horses all the way back to mid August, uh, could potentially have been bitten or something like that. It's something that people would want to sure. be observing, looking for these symptoms. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. So, you're exactly right. And then actually, you know, we, I believe we actually have the the mosquito abatement out here next to our clinic. And I believe they, you know, every year they find some mosquitoes with West Nile. Mm-hmm. That happens every year. And, and I think actually, if you, if you look back, I'm, because of the vaccine and because of the efficacy of the vaccine, uh, actual cases are going down. The vaccine That's great. does work well. So, you know, this, this deal is is around every year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's not like it's something that necessarily is, is coming. It's been here and and it's around every year. But mm-hmm. it's probably you know the the vaccine status as well as some practices to um, really keep the mosquito population under control has probably led to less less actual cases. Got it. Well, let's do this. I'm going to take my first break. When we come back, let's talk about how serious that West Nile can be just in case there's there's any horse owners that are not vaccinated. Great. Summer festival and concert season is here. But is your wardrobe ready for the next big show? D&B Supply will help you look your best with a huge selection of Wrangler shirts, jeans, and more. Wrangler gear is the perfect fit for any night out. Plus, with a wide range of styles, cuts, and sizes, Wrangler will keep you comfortable long after the music stops, through the after party, and even the after after party. So stop by D&B Supply for summer looks that stand out wherever your night takes you. Tired of choosing between feeding your lawn for a thick green turf and fighting annoying weeds? D&B Supply is here to help you do both with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed. Sometimes feeding your lawn also means feeding unwanted weeds that have taken root. That's why Scott's developed Turf Builder Weed and Feed, which uses a weed killer while also feeding your lawn to crowd out the weeds. So get to the root of your lawn issues with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed at your favorite D&B supply. All right. Well, Dr. Raptosh, if there are horse owners out there who are choosing not to vaccinate for West Nile, I, I want to make sure that they understand I guess the seriousness of West Nile virus in horses, it can be fatal, correct? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So 
probably between 30 to 40 percent of the horses that get infected with West Nile will will die from it. And then on top of that, you've got another uh, percentage, probably around 30 percent, that will have ongoing residual neurological deficits. And so, you know, the vaccine really is very inexpensive insurance uh, when you start talking about three or four horses out of 10 that die. And then of those that that survive, uh, you know, a percentage of those 30 to 40 percent of those having deficits that may make them uh, not useful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely is. You know, West Nile vaccine uh, over the counter at a feed store is probably looking at anywhere from 18 to $35, depending upon uh, what it's packaged with. Is it just the West Nile? A lot of the vaccine manufacturers will package the West Nile vaccine with Eastern Western encephalitis, tetanus toxoid. So there, there are some combos that you can give. But but cer- certainly, you know, just the West Nile vaccine is, is very inexpensive insurance considering the, the potential outcomes. And that cost that you're estimating, is that per horse? Yes. Yep. So depending upon the brand of shot uh, and, and again, what it's packaged with, it would be anywhere from, you know, probably 18 to $35 for the West Nile vaccine. Okay. A lot of that comes down. Yeah. A lot of it comes down to if you get just the West Nile uh, vaccine as opposed to one of these combos like we're talking Got it. So that's obviously something that the horse owner can give themselves. They don't require a veterinarian to come out to, to give that. Nope. Nope. You can you can buy this vaccine. Yeah, like I said, uh, places like B&B, uh, some of these feed stores carry them. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly it's an intramuscular injection. So if if the horse owner is comfortable giving a horse a shot in the, in the muscle, typically in the neck, then, yeah, they, they're able to do it. A very small percentage of horses may may develop a little injection site reaction, mm-hmm. uh, mild heat or swelling. Some horses will be, oh, maybe a little, a little lethargic or dumpy for the next 12 to 24 hours. But, you know, definitely very low incidence of complications from the shot. Certainly low incidence of serious complications. How effective is the vaccine? What's the success rate or... What do we see in that? In you know, that, that's probably hard to, to put an exact number on just because, you know, having to challenge the animal. But, it is, you know, I guess I wouldn't have an exact, you know, 80% of the time type mm-hmm. of a thing uh, just because there's a lot of variables there, right? We're talking about younger horses or older horses or, you know, the vaccine will work differently. How, how was the vaccine given? Who gave the vaccine? What type of, you know, what brand of vaccine? There's there's just a lot of variables there. But but it is pretty much, um, you know, it's it's definitely common knowledge, you know, throughout the industry that the that the vaccine works very, very well. And is it the same vaccine year after year, or is it like the flu vaccine where the they're kind of guessing which strain of flu they're expecting? Yeah, the West Nile vaccine... No, that it's the same vaccine. I don't think as of now, and this would be, you know, maybe uh, something that I'd have to look into with one of the major vaccine manufacturers. But it, from what I'm aware of right now, the West Nile virus has not mutated or changed mm-hmm. to where we're not getting some cross protection 
from the, from the current vaccine. And now, if we've got somebody listening who has not given that vaccine to their horses this year, is it too late to do it now, or could it still be done if they wanted that protection for the rest of the mosquito season? So from the from the on from the time that they that the horse gets its vaccine, typically you know you're ten days, two weeks, you know two to three weeks out from getting any kind of protection. And so this year, you know things are kind of winding down. One of the reasons I would maybe encourage people to still vaccinate this year is, you know, we're vaccinating these horses every year and trying to build up this uh, immunity to the virus. And, you know, maybe we are a little bit late for potential exposure this year, but certainly we, you know, we're hoping that we're uh, improving the the horse's response if, if the horse was ever exposed to the virus in the years coming. Okay. Yep. yep. So you're kind of, you know, I guess the way to kind of think about it is again, looking at the cost, uh, you know, the pros and cons of it is it's, it's pretty cheap insurance to get the horse vaccinated, whether or not it was, you know, whether or not this year, you know, the, the highest exposures passed, you're still doing something to help, to help down the road. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And, and when it comes to next year, is there a better time of year, I would suspect probably a couple of weeks before we expect mosquitoes to start coming out would be the best time to do it. But what do you, what is your advice? Nope, you're you're spot on. Yep, you're spot on. So that's exactly what you want to do. You kind of want to time that that big peak in immunity for the you know for the hot the hot time of the year when a lot of mosquitoes are out. Mm-hmm. And so, yep, you're exactly right. Typically, you know, um, depending upon the year. Uh, you're looking at that April, March, April, May type deal. I usually tell people it's way better to err on the side of being a little early than being behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly right. A couple of weeks before the bugs show up is is when you'd want to get that going. All right, let's take another break, and when we come back, uh, we'll jump in even deeper on this, all right? Cool. Sounds good. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark of hardworking and hard-playing people in the West, and everywhere else for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand, and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on, and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements, and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop by DMB Supply to try Danner Boots on for size. The heat is on this summer in more ways than one. Because now is the perfect time to update your old wood fireplace with a gas insert from DNB Supply. Get fired up for the change of seasons with Quadrifier or Heat and Glow stoves and inserts. Safe, easy to use, and money-saving, a gas insert updates the look of your home and heats it more efficiently. Check out our Quadrifier or Heat and Glow inserts and see why D&B is a real hot spot for quality fireplaces. All right, Dr. Raptosh. Well, now that we're back, I, I want to touch back on the the mortality rate or the mortality in horses from West Nile. Does the age or the current health status of a horse when it gets infected with West Nile, does that is that going to make a difference in terms of whether or not it's going to be fatal? Well, probably the, the age or, you know, it's, it's like anything else, the age or condition of the horse could affect its, its immune response. Um, so maybe a way to think about that is, you know, animals that are 
Um, younger sometimes have a more immature immune system uh, or as opposed to older, kind of like, you know, using the way you think about that, maybe like when you think about flu in people, uh, certain populations of people are, are more susceptible to more serious you know, um, outcomes or complications from the flu. And mm-hmm. so but what I would get, you know, kind of getting back to that is you could have a, you could have a six year old horse that's well cared for that, that gets a better response from the vaccine, uh, than you would get maybe from a six year old horse that is not, you know, is not getting the nutrition that it needs, that kind of a thing. So yeah, certainly, certainly, you know, the, the type of vaccine, if the vaccine was handled properly, how it was given, when it was given, the condition of the animal when it was given, uh, that can all affect how the horse reacts to that vaccine and, and the, uh, the the protection that the horse gets from it. Now, when it is a fatal case, how does it end up killing the horse? Yeah, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of neurological signs. Sometimes these horses are down. Um, you know, the the problem with our large animals is, um, you know, you've got a disease that's affecting the brain and spinal cord. Mm-hmm. And when these large animals are down and can't get up, uh, you get a lot of um, secondary secondary problems, whether that's with um, issues with large muscle groups and blood flow, uh, issues with their lungs. The reality is is some of these horses are not dying from West Nile. They're being euthanized, you know, to prevent them from suffering. And so Mm -hmm. you'll see, you know, you see a horse that is down, it can't ride itself. Uh, Oftentimes they're thrashing and, and kind of inducing trauma. You know, knowing what we know about the about the disease, oftentimes what you end up doing is making a decision to put the horse to sleep so that so that they don't suffer. Now, are there other ways or other things that horse owners can do to minimize the risk of West Nile? I mean, obviously there's the vaccination, but is there even more they can do? Yeah, absolutely. So, so again, if you think about kind of the pathway, um, the mosquito deal, the mosquito deal is is important as well. And that's all the things you could do to decrease the mosquito population. Um, standing water, um, you know, repellents, basically your bug control. And then actually, you know, um, having grown up here, uh, you know, I remember, you know, 30 years ago, you know, before the mosquito abatement was, was doing what they were doing, the mosquitoes were substantially worse. So mm-hmm. at least on this side of town, we're we're around, out here around the lake we're really fortunate because the mosquito abatement is, is taking care of a lot of that problem for us so but yeah it's just a, you know if you, if you thought about it it would be mosquito control that would be a big part of it you know bird control the birds have birds are kind of an amplifying vector meaning birds you know, a bird that's bit by a mosquito can end up kind of being a, a source of more infection to other mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And so um, they kind of amplify things. So, you know, it's a little bit hard to do to, you know, bird control. I don't know exactly what that would look like, but the idea would be a mosquito control. And certainly if you're seeing a large number of dead birds, you know, to, to potentially look into that further. But, you know, the vaccine works really good. That combined with mosquito, with mosquito control, 
you know, you're probably decreasing your chance by quite a bit. Let's take another break. Uh, when we come back, I'd like to talk about other diseases that have similar symptoms to West Nile virus. Oh, great. Sounds good. Feeding your pet's lifelong health starts with science, and that's exactly what's behind Hill Science Diet. Made by vets, scientists, and nutritionists, Hill Science Diet offers biology-based nutrition for all pets with formulas for every age, size, and special requirement or need, like joint health and weight loss that create differences you can see, feel, and trust. No wonder it's the number one veterinarian-recommended pet food. So pick up Hill Science Diet at D&B Supply today. You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At D&B Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking. Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at D&B. All right. Well, Dr. Raptosh, now that we're back, I, I wanted to ask you, are there other diseases out there that will have symptoms that can look like West Nile virus in a horse? Yeah, sure. So, so again, you know, when you think about West Nile virus, you want to think about, you know, central nervous system, brain, spinal cord. There are, there's a handful of diseases that can mimic some of these things. Uh, Eastern encephalitis, Western encephalitis, certainly don't see as much of that here as we do West Nile, but really any any kind of brain injury or spinal cord trauma, mm-hmm. any kind of spinal cord infection could definitely mimic it. Really what we're looking for is, you know, West Nile would have to be on your list. Any horse that we looked at that was neurological or somewhat ataxic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are certainly some other things, but but that would be, you know, in this area, that's definitely, if I see a horse that's down or, or neurologic at the right time of the year, that's definitely the, at the top of my list. So my assumption would be if, if a horse owner is observing some symptoms like this in their horse, they need to get it diagnosed probably by a veterinarian, I would assume. Yes. Yep. Actually, the, the, it's pretty easy. You know, you can make the diagnosis somewhat, you know, based on on clinical signs and like like we're talking time of the year, that kind of a thing, at mm-hmm. least at least to begin treatment. But definitely a veterinarian can we just pull blood, uh, we're able to send the blood into uh reference lab and, and they can tell us uh, exactly what we're dealing with. So it's a it's a pretty straightforward test in terms of getting the diagnosis. Typically what happens is, you know, you would not wait you would not wait to start treatment. Uh, you, you know, I'm not going to wait to start treatment based on a day or two until uh, I get my, my definitive positive back. Sure. But it is good to know definitely definitely as well uh, to know that it is West Nile not, and not maybe something else that would be, uh, you know, a little bit more alarming, a herpes virus or something like that. And what does treatment look like for West Nile virus? What can, what can be done once it's been diagnosed? Yeah, well, mo- mostly it's supportive care. So you're looking at things that will decrease inflammation in the brain spinal cord. We use um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Sometimes we'll use them with um, steroids, which you, you know usually we try and stay away from mixing the two. But but it's kind of one of those deals when if you, if you have a horse that you, that is down and you're confident that uh, it is West Nile. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you're you're really reaching for whatever you think will give this horse a chance because again we these these larger animals do not do very well if they're not able to get up and right themselves and so if if I ever have an animal that I'm concerned about potentially having West Nile mm-hmm. I worry less about potential side effects of medicine and more about what what do we have to try here to get this animal righted because if we don't you know, a, a day or two down can really be detrimental. So. Sure, sure. And how fast will this progress once you notice the symptoms, if it is West Nile? I mean, are we talking weeks, months, days? What are we talking about? No, no, we're talking days. Yep. Okay. Yep. And again, a lot of this comes down to, you know, maybe a typical way to look at this would be we get a call, horses down, you go out and you try and eliminate some more common causes. Maybe the horse has a colic or a bellyache. Maybe the horse is foundering and doesn't want to be on its feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you kind of rule some of those out, you're doing some other things to kind of assess kind of the neurological side of things. You know, this this deal will play out within a couple of days. And part of that comes back to either reaching a point where you're not making any headway and the animal is suffering or again coming back to this these these large animals just do not do very well uh down mm-hmm. um and so you know if they're not improving based on your kind of initial approach then oftentimes you just make the decision that, that you're not going to get ahead of it and that you know the animal's uh, not likely to get better and just suffering so okay. yeah but it's a it is. It's a day's deal. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, let's take our final break and let's talk a little bit more about what to do if you do find it in one of your horses when we come back. Wonderful. Are you ready for a steal? Then stop by DMB to pick up steel power tools. German engineered, these power players offer quality that never quits, like the steel MS-271 Farm Boss Chainsaw, available for just $429.95 with a 20-inch bar and chain. Show your project list who's boss and leave it in your sawdust. With legendary chainsaws, dependable trimmers, forceful blowers, and epic tools of the trade, steel powers through anything. Grab a steel at your favorite DMB supply. After a long day on your feet, nothing feels better than slipping into some twisted X moccasins. So pick up a pair at DNB Supply. These aren't your ordinary shoes. With roots in western boots, Twisted X creates handcrafted comfortable moccasins that stand out from the pack. They capture the spirit of the American West from the design down to the soles. Find your new favorite comfort shoes with a pair of Twisted X moccasins. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. All right. Well, Dr. Raptosh, if a if a horse owner finds that one of the horses in their herd has West Nile, does that mean that, uh-oh, everybody else is probably got it now, too? No, no, it certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't. You know, again, this... West Nile's been around for, it's, it, it's not anything new. And, you know, I would probably say, you know, this isn't something that we're seeing 30 cases a year of. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that one horse contracted West Nile, it, yeah, certainly doesn't mean that the rest, the rest of your horses in the herd are going to contract it. Uh, it comes back to this whole, you know, uh, mosquito deal. So, you know, some things you could do. Certainly, again, going back to the vaccine being really inexpensive insurance, 
you know, if one horse, uh, if, if you vaccinated your entire herd, if one horse came down with it, that, we, that could come back to how the horse responded to the vaccine, that kind of a thing. The other horses may have some protection. Okay. And then also, you know, the things you can do, again, goes back to the mosquito control, uh, that kind of a thing. And can you talk a little bit more about what the long-term effects of West Nile virus are going to look like in a horse that survives it and they they're one of that 30% that are going to show some long-term effects? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That that can probably that's a deal that could display as any kind of basically any kind of neuro defect. So some horses can have issues tracking with their back legs. Really, any ataxia. Some horses can have some facial paralysis. Really, anything neurological is potentially could be a long term um, issue. Which you know, for your trail horse or your or your rope horse can make them, you know, can kind of make it to where they're they're no longer safe to ride, mm-hmm. uh, or certainly not able not able to do their job. Yeah, so definitely something that we want to be on top of. We value our horses. We don't want to lose them, but we also don't want them to, you know, to no longer be capable of doing what we enjoy doing with them. Right. Sure. Sure. Yep. Doing their job. Doing. What the, yep. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, Dr. Raptosh, where can people go if they want more information about West Nile virus? They want to they find a good resource that they can trust and they can use as a reference point for them. Yeah, for sure. So probably the easiest thing now with, is um, going online. Um, the two reliable, reliable sources would be the Merck Veterinary Manual. You can go online and find um, information about actually a lot of a lot of um, veterinary issues, diseases. Um, and the other deal would be the American Association of Equine Practitioners. You can also go on their website and find some important information uh, up to date, kind of from the people that are putting together protocols, that kind of a thing. And for folks who would like more information about how to contact you, if they if they wanted to get in touch with you or check out your practice, how would you like them to do that? Yeah, either way. So, yep, we definitely you could we could go to uh, uh, our website um, www.lakeshorevets.com. Certainly, look us up online or give the office a call. Uh, if there's anything we can help you with. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your your knowledge with us today. I know this is a real important topic for people who love their horses. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the D&B Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>